RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi has resigned, saying he had made the wrong decision to attend a COVID-hit party early this month. The government says it could use information stored in the Leave Home Safe app to contact people who need to be tested or isolated. And Chief Executive Carrie Lam, in her Lunar New Year address, says the Hong Kong people's spirit will help the SAR get through the COVID-19 pandemic. Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi has resigned over his attendance at a COVID-hit birthday party earlier this month. Aaron Tam reports. In a statement, Caspar Choi said he failed to act as a role model, even though he's a principal official in charge of the city's anti-epidemic work. He said he made the wrong decision to attend the dinner party and should take responsibility for his mistake. Mr. Choi added he's grateful to have had the chance to serve Hong Kong citizens. More than a dozen other officials also joined the party hosted by National People's Congress Deputy Whitman Hung on the 3rd of this month. A guest at the party was later found to have COVID-19. The discovery led to quarantine orders for officials and lawmakers who were among more than 200 people present. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, stressed that politically appointed officials and civil servants are held to high standards, and among other things, they must not bring the SAR government into disrepute. Health authorities may call up people who need to be tested for COVID-19 or sent into quarantine using contact information in the Leave Home Safe app. That's according to Innovation and Technology Minister Alfred Sitt. He said on an RTHK program that operators of regulated premises will use a device to scan a visitor's app to obtain their vaccination record. He added that the Center for Health Protection could request operators to hand over the data from people who were present at the same time as confirmed COVID patients or their close contacts. In the past, for some reason, some individuals were late to undergo mandatory tests. Perhaps their phones were not connected to the Internet and they didn't get the notification. Under such circumstances, in future when the situation is severe, are we going to consider making use of the information provided in the vaccine pass and take the initiative to contact individuals who have to be tested or follow up on quarantine arrangements so that we can improve our anti-epidemic work? We will certainly look into it and implement it. Chief, Exec- Chief Executive Carrie Lam in her Lunar New Year message says Hong Kong is set to usher in a brighter future in the Year of the Tiger. Speaking in the minute-long video, the CE said the tiger is the symbol of quick response, great bravery, and strong vitality, qualities that describe the Hong Kong people's spirit. She added that such spirit will help the SAR get through the COVID-19 pandemic and take it into a new era of prosperity in the new year. A youth NGO says half the half of the 1,300 people it spoke to for a recent survey were feeling stressed, and many did not seek help. Kelly Support Group spoke to people aged between 14 and 24 about their mental health in October. It found that 60% didn't seek help for mental health issues. Sky Siu is the group's executive director. There's a huge stigma when it comes to mental health issues. You know, it affects 
uh, young people all the way to the point where if they're simply just struggling with something small, you know, um, they're worried that it will look really bad on them. So I think the stigma that is around somebody who is struggling is still very apparent. And it really does affect um, young people's motivation um, to seek for help. If not cut um, in advance, you know, it could lead to a lot of negative coping behavior, which could really affect um, them in more than just their mental health, but also their physical health as well. Protesters over COVID-related restrictions have brought the center of the Canadian capital, Ottawa, to its standstill for a second day. Thousands of truck drivers frustrated by cross-border rules with the U.S. have led the protests, honking horns and blocking roads. David Common is a CBC journalist in Ottawa. He described how the protests are affecting daily life there. It is very noisy. There are horns essentially from 8 in the morning local time until about 1 a.m. It's very disruptive. Some schools will not be opening on Monday morning. Daycares, other facilities will stay closed, including somewhat ironically vaccination clinics as well that feel that it's not a safe enough environment. There have been incidents of vandalism, urination on the National War Memorial, Nazi flags sometimes seen flying. There have been uh, symbols of white supremacy. But that's intermingled with a crowd that, uh, of course, would have an array of opinions. And there may be those who have more moderate opinions among the crowd. Portugal's governing Socialist Party has won an outright parliamentary majority in Sunday's snap general election. Official results show they've secured 117 seats in the 230-seat parliament. Celebrating the result, the Prime Minister, Antonio Costa, said an absolute majority did not mean absolute power or governing alone. The BBC's Alison Robert reports. Antonio Costa hailed his resounding win as a victory of confidence and for stability after an election triggered when his second term as Prime Minister was cut short with the defeat of his draft budget for 2022. He plans to lay that same bill before the new parliament as the means to solidify economic recovery after the pandemic. While the Socialists were the night's biggest victors, handily beating the centre-right Social Democrats, two other parties on the right saw a surge in support. Far-right Schäger will be the third largest party in Parliament for the first time. The online streaming service Spotify says it's working to add a special advisory notice to any podcasts that include discussion about COVID-19. The move comes after the Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell said she was removing her music catalogue from Spotify in solidarity with her fellow performer Neil Young. They're protesting against the platform's refusal to take down its popular podcasts by Joe Rogan, who has expressed opposition to vaccinating young and healthy people against the virus. Here's the BBC's Harry Bly. The CEO of Spotify, Daniel Ek, has said that they're going to publish some long-standing platform rules. And this is for all the creators, so not just exclusive podcasters with Spotify. This is everyone that has podcasts on Spotify. So they're going to have a content advisory added to any podcast which includes discussions about COVID-19. So they'll link users to up-to-date information from scientists, public health authorities... They say it's the first of its kind for any major podcast platform. And they say they've already removed 20,000 podcast episodes relating to misinformation. NATO's Secretary General has said it's up to Russia to decide whether to pursue a diplomatic solution offered by Western powers or one of confrontation over Ukraine. Jens Stoltenberg ruled out sending NATO forces to Ukraine, which is not a member of the alliance. But Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, said it's the West that's at fault for wanting to expand NATO. We want good, clean, 
We want good, mutually respectful and equal relations with the United States, as well as any other country in the world. Taught by bitter experience, we don't want to remain in a position where our security is infringed daily. Each time it turns out that NATO's defence line continues to move eastwards. Now it has come close to Ukraine. They also want to drag that country into NATO. Although it's clear to everyone that Ukraine is not ready and will not make any contribution to strengthening NATO's security. Relatives of those killed in one of the most high-profile atrocities in Northern Ireland have renewed calls to bring those responsible to justice at events marking the 50th anniversary of what became known as Bloody Sunday. In 1972, British soldiers shot dead 13 people and injured at least 15 others at a predominantly Catholic civil rights march in the city of Londonderry. The British government apologized for the killings 12 years ago after a public inquiry found that victims had posed no threat. But no British soldiers have been found accountable in court. Tony Doherty was nine years old when his father, Patrick, was killed in Derry. Miss my father, uh, even though it is 50 years onwards. I would love to have had a father growing up. Uh, and all of that, all that goes along with that. Um, but that it, it wasn't to be. Um, he was taken from us uh, 50 years ago, um, unjustly, without any any justification whatsoever. Police in the English city of Manchester say a man in his 20s has been arrested on suspicion of rape and assault after allegations were made against the footballer Mason Greenwood. The player has not commented. The BBC's Jean McKenzie reports. The woman uploaded a video, photos and an audio recording to her Instagram story to show, she alleged, how the Manchester United striker had assaulted her. The posts were public for a few hours before being deleted. Greater Manchester Police have said they are aware of the images and videos and are trying to establish the full circumstances. Greenwood's club, Manchester United, has said it does not condone violence of any kind but will not comment further until the facts have been established. The Israeli president, Itzhak Herzog, is in the United Arab Emirates on the first visit there by an Israeli head of state. Israel has offered security and intelligence support to the UAE, which has suffered drone attacks by Houthi rebels based in Yemen twice in the past month. As he set off, Mr. Herzog said it wasn't every day that one had the privilege of making history. I will be meeting the leadership of the United Arab Emirates at the invitation, personal invitation, of Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, the Crown Prince, and I am grateful for his courage and bold leadership carving out a peace agreement with Israel and sending a message to the entire region that peace is the only alternative for the peoples in the region. In currencies, the U.S. dollar will buy you 115.48 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and 11 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 45 cents. The Hang Seng Index ended the day today at 23,802. That's 252 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $65 billion. In sports, Evan McPherson is kicked a 31-yard field goal in overtime to send the Cincinnati Bengals into their first Super Bowl since 1989 with a 27-24 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals will play for the NFL crown on February the 13th against the Los Angeles Rams, who beat the San Francisco 49ers 2017. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor paid tribute to his special players after they upset the odds to surprise the Chiefs. Special team, you know, special team that's capable of doing special things. And, and we've believed from the get-go 
whether people believed in us or not, we did. Um, and so we're not surprised. This is where we're meant to be. And I'm proud of the guys in that locker room. Cincinnati will try to win the Super Bowl for the first since the club began play in 1968, having lost it to San Francisco in 1982 and 1989 in its only prior appearances in the NFL spectacle. Egypt have progressed to the semifinals at the Africa Cup of Nations. Mohamed Saleh scored a goal and set up another as Egypt beat Morocco 2-1 in extra time. They'll face Cameroon for a place in Thursday's final. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Morocco made a dream start when Ashraf Hakimi was brought down in the box. The referee gave the penalty after checking the VAR screen, but Mohamed Salah and the Egypt's coaching staff were furious, setting up a bad-tempered match after Sofian Bafal scored. Egypt improved straight after half-time and Salah tapped in an equaliser, but Morocco nearly won it in normal time when Naif Agad forced a brilliant save from a point-blank header. Then, in extra time, some Salah magic. He burst down the right wing and found Trezeguet at the back post, who couldn't miss. Senegal were 3-1 winners over Equatorial Guinea and will face Burkina Faso in the last four. Next, to tennis, despite having more Grand Slam singles titles than any man in history, Rafael Nadal says he doesn't care whether he'll go down in history as the greatest. The Spaniard captured his 21st major on Sunday by beating Daniel Medvedev in an epic Australian Open final that lasted over five hours. That puts Nadal one above his rivals, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. I feel honored. I feel uh, lucky uh, to achieve uh, one more very special thing in my tennis career. I don't care much if I am the one or not the one or the or the best of the history or not the best of the history. I really, I, I honestly, today I don't. I don't care much. No, for me it's about enjoying nice like to, like today. Uh, that means everything for me. You know, and uh, means even more to 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 achieve the second Australian Open more than any other thing. The American former professional tennis player Pam Shriver is a 22-time Grand Slam winner as part of a doubles team. She says Nadal's victory in Melbourne has helped him set an impressive Grand Slam record. Coming from two sets to love down, the most unlikely way to win a major in men's tennis is from two sets to love down. So, I mean, Rafa Nadal, whether it's 13 Roland Garros's, but I still think 21 trumps everything that any male tennis player has done before. And we'll, he'll be the favorite probably going into the French. Weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight, cloudy, cold with a few rain patches tonight, moderate to fresh north to northeasterly winds. The outlook, a few rain patches in the next couple of days, cold in the morning on Lunar New Year's Day. The weather will improve in the latter part of the week. Uh, the temperature right now, the Royal Observatory, not the Royal, the Observatory is 15 degrees Celsius, and the relative humidity is 65%. And to finish off the news, our headlines again. Home, Air, Home Affairs Secretary Casper Choi has resigned, saying he had made the wrong decision to attend a COVID-hit party early this month. The government says it could use information stored in the Leave Home Safe app to contact people who need to be tested or isolated. And Chief Executive Carrie Lam, in her Lunar New Year address, says the Hong Kong people's spirit will help the SAR get through the COVID-19 epidemic. And that's the news from RTHK.
that radio of yours. I'm trying to get to sleep. One. Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Usmani. On the show today, after 1.30, I talk to the founder and CEO of the charity Grassroots Future, Tegan Smythe, about their Lunar New Year appeal to help refugees and asylum seekers. After 2 p.m., Cynthia Noons, our co-director from the Mills Fabrica, joins me to tell me how the textile incubator has been chosen as an official nominator for the Earthshot Prize 2022, the global search for world-changing eco-solutions. More about that when I chat to her after 2. After 2.30, trash talk this week. Marcy Trent Long talks to Agnes Ng from the Save the Duck about sustainable fashion. So there you go, a pretty packed program 